Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast. And guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, Fabe Show, and I want to help support the show even further, check out the Patreon page for a ton of cool bonus goodies, including early access to the Okay, Fabe Show before everyone else, and exclusive audio-only content, including fantasy booking videos, retro pay-per-view reviews, and of course, a month early access to the Wrestling Retrospective. Head over to patreon.com slash okfabe and join for as little as a dollar a month to get in on all the goodies. Listening to the OK Fame Show, the premier place for all your professional wrestling news and needs. Now, here's Connor, aka OK Fame. What is going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Connor, a.k.a. Okay, Fabe here. Welcome, guys, to your NXT and AEW Dynamite review for the October 23rd, 2019. It has been a hell of an evening, to say the least, with so much to talk about from both shows. Dynamite off the air, NXT off the air, NXT having a major moment, a major turn coming at the end of the show. AEW Dynamite having the advancement of the next two teams, and presumably the final two teams, in the AEW Tag Team Title Tournament. So much to go over, so much to talk about, and I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of both shows and who you thought won for the week. If you guys are joining us live here on youtube.com slash okfaber, of course, also on Facebook, and of course on all major podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys, and checking things out here. It's uh, It's been an interesting week. It has been a very interesting week. we got to pull up over my Twitter at okfaber that I'll be checking in on regularly as we continue with both reviews of both shows it has been a crazy night to say the least uh my jaw is still hit from the floor and it's it's a close one honestly to kind of tell who i thought won this week for the shows it's it's a tough call because both had a lot of strengths for them this week uh, and i can't wait to talk to you guys about this already 51 votes over on twitter so make sure you guys hit me up on twitter at okfabe you guys want to check cast in and chime in on the vote on what uh which show you thought won for the week now of course you guys the routine you guys will hold you up to hear what you guys have to say so make sure you also chime in on the chat if you guys are joining us live like i said social media is up with that poll and of course make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel if you guys are new here check out the raw review that was posted a couple days ago we did it live right after the show to talk a um interesting monday night raw i'll say the least uh and a, bu- a bunch of other cool things and cool ways you can help support the stream of course Streamlabs and super chat links are both enabled of course you can also check out our represent store and just like you heard at the top of the episode patreon coming back in full swing dropping that nwa power reviews in the next couple of days episode three of nwa power uh just concluded last night uh, loved everything about that one been loving the nwa power series and what the national wrestling alliance has been doing if you want to hear my full detailed thoughts on everything head over to patreon check it out for uh for all the details on that but man both shows were really strong this week you know it's interesting that i think a majority of people 
you know, kind of talking about the weeks, and then we've this is week four now of, of the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT, and it's interesting because I felt like NXT had such a strong showing on the first week. You know, they put all the uh, put out all the breaks, put out everything they possibly could with like the three title matches, and I felt like the last two weeks uh, were so so, and I think AEW had a better balanced show. But man, this one's a tough one to call for me, and and it's it's part of it because uh because of the fact that and sorry my microphone's a little funky off there. Hopefully you guys can hear me better. Testing one two three four. Okay, there we go. Um, and and this one's a tough call because obviously one of the reasons that a lot of people liked NXT and yours truly did too was not only the triple threat match uh for the North American Championship, but also that awesome ending which spoiler alert obviously you're gonna see it from the thumbnail and everything the huge finn balor heel turn which i have a lot of theories about at first i was a little worried he was gonna join undisputed era but i don't think that's the case i think he just has a vendetta against johnny gargano because he didn't he didn't attack tomaso and champi just going after johnny wrestling i got some theories on it and i can't wait to hear yours as well uh AEW, on the other hand though had some really strong matches in ring quality wise uh across the board not to say they weren't duds or not any you know not so stellar matches, but I think that across the board, AEW and that brawl segment with Jericho and, and Inner Circle and Cody and his friends was definitely one of the highlights of the show if you if you didn't see it. So a lot to talk about on both shows. Let's give some love to the chat real quick before we keep on going. And again, guys, if you guys want to help support the stream, Super Chat and Streamlabs links are indeed both enabled if you guys want to donate directly. Uh, Vintage Dream also joining us. What's going on, Vintage? Um, NXT, uh, Gold Leaf says NXT won for the week. Gorilla Strong, the man himself, Gorilla Strong. Yes, I'm back going live. Um, we got Lorenzo Torres, huge fan of Keith Lee. Uh, Care Chiefs is appearing because of the screen. Yes, I know. It's 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 funny because the green screen is is picking up on certain colors. There we go. <laughs> uh, AEW is strong. Says Gorilla Strong, nine out of ten. Lorenzo Torres says NXT nine out of ten and NXT eight out of ten. Over on the Twitters, we've got about seventy-seven votes right now, and uh, it's a split. Fifty-one percent say NXT and forty-nine say AEW. We'll check in on that poll as the night progresses. A lot of people saying NXT this evening, though. It's a very interesting scenario. So let's talk about um, let's talk about what's going down over on NXT. Let's talk about NXT first because I figure that one has, I think, a lot more buzz about it in terms of what's been going down on the on the on the yellow brand. And I think that this was um, this was very bookend. And what I mean by that is the show was very good at I thought the beginning. And at the very end were probably the strong points. And it seems like that they're going in that direction as far as the show goes, where you have a very solid opener, and then the and the middle kind of I don't want to say suffers a little bit, but it turns to you know slow down a little bit. And then that ending is just like full speed ahead. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad formula to have when it comes to producing NXT weekly, but I just feel like it's going to get a little repetitious maybe sooner rather than later. That being said, uh, we had Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, which I absolutely loved for a bunch of reasons. And the big reason I loved it more than anything else was the fact that. They are starting to build the women's division. And that's one thing that I was very worried about when when Shayna Bay or rather when Kyrie Sane left is that I felt like the last couple of years, I mean, ever since really Asuka departed, that NXT was kind of suffering a little bit as far as the women's division. And 
what I kept saying was they need to build characters, they need to build personalities, they need to show that the women's division has depth. And this night with Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair certainly proved it. And I think uh, first and foremost, I must give a lot of props and credit to Bianca Belair because of how much, uh, how well she was able to do with um, with Rhea Ripley and, and really showcase the both of their skills. I was very impressed with, with Bianca Belair's performance and I've been slowly getting... Uh, becoming a fan and becoming a fan of her work. Rhea Ripley, though, was definitely the star to be made in this first matchup, which she was just pummeling and showcasing her power moves with Bianca, obviously showcasing her speed and athleticism. But the also, and I know some people kind of rolling their eyes a little bit here, but I think the interference of Io Shirai and Candice LeRae show that they should still be in that title contention. And I don't part of me doesn't want like a multi-women match. I know it's something I've talked about before, but I don't I don't really want that. I don't want a multi-women match. Let's just have them do the one-on-one and then eventually uh get to that point where they eventually build up to a huge crescendo. But in the meantime, let's just build it up and build up that women's division, you know? But awesome matchup. Uh Ray Ripley with the win here. Not can't really say I'm too surprised. She's been on a tear lately, so definitely awesome on that one. Of course, um, we then get uh, another one of my favorite matches, Matt Riddle and Cameron Grimes. Now, obviously, I said on Twitter, I said something had to give because you had Cameron Grimes and Matt Riddle. Obviously, Riddle's been on a tear, uh, minus the NXT championship loss he suffered on the first week on NXT uh, on USA. And Cameron Grimes has been like these quick squash undefeated matches. So obviously, something had to give. But I'm telling you guys, definitely go give this matchup a watch. This one was a, if you love the ground for pound brawl-like style, where these two guys were just really beating the crowd. I don't want to say it was an MMA fight. That that sounds like it's just me blowing this out of out of the proportion. I don't think it is. I think it's more of just very snug, very stiff. They a lot of kicks, brawls, and just a lot of grappling. It was a match that I really wasn't expecting, although I probably should have expected because you know. It's Matt Riddle, bro. Uh, Matt Riddle with the win here, but a hell of a contest between both men. One of my favorite matches that really surprised me out of the gate. I was kind of hoping the camera was going to get the win here, but I'm still, you know, beggars can't be choosers on this one. I did kind of laugh at the end. Cameron Grimes was complaining with Dar- uh, Tyler Bate at the end. We got a donation. I love that the Cruiserweight title is on NXT. Yes, Lorenzo, I, I am right there with you, and thank you for dropping that uh, that donation, the $2.99 Super Chat donation. Much appreciated, Lorenzo. Uh, yes, I am definitely right there with you. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on with the match between uh, Jack Gallagher and... Um, between Jack Gallagher and Angel Garza, hell of a matchup. I am so happy the Cruiserweights are back on NXT now. Thank you so much for that donation. I did laugh when Tyler Bate was kind of like chuckling fun with Cameron Grimes going for like a fist. And then, of course, Cameron Grimes like shoves him and then he does the whole sneak punch and then punches him. I just I I had to giggle. I couldn't help myself but giggle on that one. But great brawl between the two. I, I really love the match between Riddle and Grimes. Definitely go give it some love if you haven't seen it already. We see Brizongo and Isaiah Swerve Scott against the Forgotten Son six-man tag. Love me some Brizongo, especially their newest gimmick where they come out as pilots. So apparently they're just switching things up every once in a while, which... Hey, listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not certainly not complaining on that one, but uh, intriguing contest between the six men. Uh, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. I don't know if it was just me, but was just kind of hoping for a tad bit more uh, craziness from uh, these six of these guys because of their work ethic and we know what they can do. Uh, but hey, you know what? I'm again not going to complain on that one. Shout out to Red One on EPG. I think Balor heels turn just get attention since AEW show was almost perfect. 
Could be. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, Six-man tag was was okay. Wasn't anything that was really crazy, but the baby faces with the win here. Uh, still one to, to really impressive. I really enjoyed that one. That was a fun one. Gallagher and Angel Garza was definitely an intriguing cruiserweight matchup. I was kind of hoping for Jack Gallagher to get the win, but Angel gets the win. Surprising with a pinfall victory here. Uh, it looks like Leo Rush, obviously, a commentary. Keeping an eye on things, making sure he knows who his next potential challengers are. Listen, saying you don't need 205 Live anymore. You've got literally a segment on NXT every week. That is the best place to utilize your cruiserweights in more ways than one. What was interesting to me about NXT was, of course, the fact that we acknowledged that, hey, we're going to have a women's tag team title match next week. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai took on Jasmine Duke and Marina Sh- uh, Sh- Shafir. Shafir. Jeez, Shafir. I keep saying the last name wrong. Uh, in an okay match, it wasn't anything. Cr- I- I'm not surprised the baby faces won. We saw Oscar and Kyrie Sane up on the Titan Tron afterwards, kind of mocking them, saying they're going to beat them next week. I'm just happy they're being consistent with the idea of, oh yeah, remember the women's tag team titles? They're going to be defended on any brand, every brand, and now they're actually doing it. I think this is, what, the second time since the ta- championships have been created that they're going to be defended on NXT? I mean, like, come on. Uh, or even see, I don't even think they were defended on NXT. I think this is the first time they're being defended. I think this is the second time we've actually seen them, so mazel tov on that one. Oh no, my cup is disappearing. Oh no. But anyway, of course, the big one and the big thing that everyone's talking about was that absolutely insane triple threat match between Roderick Strong, Dominic Dijakovic, and Keith Lee. Unreal. And and the thing is that they... Keith Lee and Dominic have had some incredible matches on their own. This just upped it. And I knew that once you saw, like, the lineup... I mean, we pretty much knew this was going to be the match of the night. There was no questions asked about this one. But this one was insane. It blew my expectations away, including when they did a, uh, what was it, the the elevator spot where basically Keith Lee's doing a powerbomb, Dominic's doing this superplex. I was a little worried because Keith Lee done uh, slipped up, and I was was scared to death for him. Scared to death because it looked like he was going to slip wrong. He might have hurt himself. Just absolutely terrifying, but still fun at the same time brutal matchup between all of them uh get a commercial break in the meantime they're coming back and then just constant uh back and forth between all all three of them i did love at one point they took out roger storm and they both caught him like almost like they were like celebrating like he just got married dump him keith lee does a tackle dominic and keith lee just kind of not in agreement like okay we took out the asshole let's go back in there and finish things off they start going at it against each other we see a uh, almost looked like a, a DDT, but going for a Hurricane Rana, and then ends up being a super power bomb to the mat. Then Strong just literally runs in with a freaking knee, and then of course hits after Keith hits that super power bomb on Dijakovic. One, or sorry, Dijakovic. Bam. That suplex scared me. Dude, Lorenzo, thank you for the two dollar donation or two ninety nine. Yes, I'm right there with you, dude. I was legitimately petrified legitimately petrified because i thought and the worst part was they went right to commercial break like i don't know if you noticed that but they went right to commercial break after i'm like so luckily it sounds like everyone's fine we'll keep you guys updated obviously when we go to either the smackdown review or the random wrestling podcast coming at you on sunday 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 but just absolutely crazy matchup roger strong just sneaks by with the victory which i kind of love the finish and that was smart but just absolutely Stellar performance by everyone involved. I was kind of bummed. I thought uh, I thought we were going to get a new North American champion. But you know what? I am not I am not disappointed. This was definitely the match of the night for me. But of course, it's not the match that everyone's talking about. It's the moment afterwards. So as we see the Undisputed Era uh, helping Strong to celebrate taking out Keith Lee, they start all beating everybody up. 
we see, of course, the familiar. I need a cold shower after the shows this week. Face with tears of joy. Vintage, thank you for another $2 Canadian super chat donation. I'm right there with you. This this uh, this week was interesting. I mean, Raw was, Raw was one thing, but... <laughs> Raw was definitely one thing, but... Uh, what do you call it? NXT, NXT and AEW was definitely a uh, uh, the boost we needed in the middle of the week. That's for sure. Wow, I get ninety-one votes right now on right now on the Twitters, and thank you, Gorilla Strong, for tweeting out the show. A uh, uh, good friend, Roger, just saying, AE who? I mean, I don't know. NXT was pretty strong this week, but now it's dude, it's neck and neck. Ninety-one votes on Twitter right now. Fifty-one percent saying AEW Dynamite, forty-nine percent saying NXT. Absolutely incredible that we're getting that much traction on there. So with AEW, um, or sorry, excuse me, back to NXT. So with NXT, of course, what the thing was, everyone was talking about, and shout out to, of course, the Horny Guild channel. Also in the chat, what's going on? So of course, the ending came with Tommaso Ciampa coming out to confront Undisputed Era, but oh no, he did not come alone. He came out, of course with his good friend, the former DIY partner in crime, Johnny Gargano. Love seeing those two back in action again, or back together again. As we see them facing off against Undisputed Era, Finn Balor's music hit. Now, I tweeted this out because I thought this was the perfect setup to have your War Games match. Because you have Undisputed Era like already ready to go. Survivor Series is going to be here before you know it. War Games is going to be here before you know it. We need to start really building up War Games, especially if Undisputed Era is going to keep all the gold, right? That's that's the presumption here. But instead, Finn Balor says something very different. And it's interesting how they they constantly said this throughout the night that Finn Balor said that his his past is or his future is his past. And without any notification without any sort of inclination or anything Balor immediately blasts Johnny Gargano which to the Undisputed Era's credit doesn't waste any time and a 4-1 beat down on Tommaso Ciampa Finn Balor does a beautiful drop kick over outside the ring as he as he drop kicks Gargano into a pile of some of the NXT Universe members that were in front row and all I'm saying is if you need bodies to be taken out or if you need somebody like a body there to be hit by guys listen I'm your guy just call me up it's not that hard. Twitter at OKFabe. Just find me. It's not. I, I, I aim to please. But that closed out the show. I, we, we, a lot of people were saying Finn Balor joined the Undisputed Era. I do not believe that for a second. I believe that Finn Balor has a gripe with Johnny Gargano. And I got to give Vintage Green credit. Mentioned that she believed that it was the case where this was going to happen. And lo and behold, it's exactly what happened. And that, that closed out NXT this week. I have to say that I am very intrigued by this because you knew at some point he, Finn was have to, he had to turn heel. And really, what better place to do it than NXT? You know he's already over. You already know he's a mega star. And now you have yourself a co-main event. You know, with War Games, and, and this is something that was in the back of my mind a little bit, with War Games coming up, you knew that they were going to put the they're probably going to do the undisputed era versus a team of baby faces. It's pretty pretty clear that they were going to go in that direction, right? But what was intriguing to me was okay, if they pile on the baby faces, it's like, well, what the rest of the card's going to suffer, right? I mean, yeah, you could maybe have like Matt Riddle or somebody else in there, but like, you know, no disrespect to the rest of the NXT roster, but the the mid the middle card wouldn't have a lot going forward if you're gonna if you're literally just gonna shove all the top baby faces in the middle and on top of, you know, on top of the undisputed era. 
But now with Balor turning heel and possibly having a long-term feud with Johnny Gargano, you've certainly piqued my interest. Now, does that mean we're going to see a heel demon? I mean, it's not the first time we've seen Prince Devitt as a bad guy. He was a bad guy in Japan. The Bullet Club was technically a heel group. I mean, I could very easily see the demon going to the dark side. Do it. <laughs> that was my horrible Emperor Palpatine impression. Do it. But it's definitely got my interest. It certainly has my interest. And you can't tell me the idea of Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano in a takeover. A, f a new and improved Finn Balor. A one that is not held back by the main roster. One that can go to town. I think that's why a lot of people thought NXT won this week. Not maybe because they're excited, but maybe not because the idea of Finn Balor turning heel was the big thing. I mean, it was a shocking moment, don't get me wrong. But I think the promise of having like this whole new avenue of matches in NXT. I mean, I was excited with him just coming back to NXT in general, but now with him possibly feuding with all the new baby faces of NXT, ooh, you've had my curiosity, sir, but now you have my full attention. But that's just me, guys. I want to know what you guys thought of NXT this week. If you guys had a chance to watch NXT this week, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Hit me up in the comments. Hit me up on social media all over the place. Love to know what you guys thought about it. And uh, we got some love in the chat. We got Matt the Misfit also joining us. What's going on? We also got uh, Michael Mugner joining us in the chat. What is going on, Michael? As we got a lot of you guys still filing in from the show. We're going to talk about AEW in just a second. Real fast, uh, checking out the Twitter poll that's over on the Twitters. At OKFABA, or OKFABA as some people like to call me. Uh, let's see, we got here the Twitter poll. Who won? I'm going to pin it right now at the top of the profile. Bam, baby. 94 votes. It's still so close. It's 51% AEW Dynamite, 49% NXT. But that being said, let's talk about AEW. Let's talk about Dynamite real quick and get this and get this ball rolling. Because AEW was no slouch either. They were definitely killing it over on their show, too. And AEW had a lot going for it. AEW had a lot of interesting things going for it this week with, with the only real truth be told, the only thing that I thought was a real weakness, quote unquote, was the end. And unfortunately, NXT blew the ending out of the water, not only with an epic main event in terms of match quality, not to say that Moxley versus Pac wasn't good, strong match quality, but I mean, it's hard to beat when you take Finn Balor and turn him heel for the first time in his career, at least the first time in his WWE career. So, it's hard to top that, but let's take a look at the rest of the card and see how everything else turned out. We had two very strong tag team matches continuing that tag team title tournament. We had the Lucha Brothers kick things off with the private party. This kind of surprised me because no intro, no no uh, intro song. It was literally they just rolled a little bit of a clip and boom, right into a match. Like literally no no entrances either. They like went right into the thick of things with Lucha Brothers versus uh, private party. I will say this, the match itself I was very entertained by. As I was watching this and NXT at the same time, because yes, believe it or not, I am that crazy enough to watch both NXT and AEW at the same time. Do not ask me how much ADD medication I had to take, but I absolutely pulled it off to an extent. I loved, I, I did enjoy this match. I will say that Young Bucks versus Private Party was bigger, though. And I think Young Bucks versus Private Party was a bit better. Now, here's the thing with that there's a couple things you have to understand, though. I understand why they did Young Bucks versus Private Party at AEW Dynamite at the Boston show that I went to. It's because the prospect of them possibly moving to True TV at 8:30 
meant that they might lose their audience. So they had to put on a strong showing. And the Young Bucks also did the favor of, of, of you know, doing the job, the J-O-B, for Private Party, making them look like a million dollars. And I'm not saying that Lucha Brothers versus Private Party was a bad match. It was a very good match. But it's hard to compare that one when you had a literally burn the barn down first round match with Bucks and Private Party. I was actually surprised the Lucha Brothers got the victory over here, but considering we got later on in the evening, it does make a little more sense. But hell of a matchup between all of them. I thought uh, I thought that, I believe it was Isaiah Cassidy, I could be wrong, was one of the two members of Private Party. I thought he got hurt at the very end when he was doing like a, a corkscrew dive off of outside the ring. Brutal stuff with some amazing finishes. I loved how Lucha Brothers actually didn't do as much aerial stuff as I thought. I mean, Pentagon is more of a ground for pound guy and Ray Phoenix doing more of the aerial stuff. A private party was a lot more aerial offense than Lucha Brothers were. Not that I'm complaining, but Lucha Brothers getting the victory here, advancing to the finals next week. And that's the other part that kind of surprised me when they actually talked about this and broke down the tournament bracket. Yeah, we're getting our tag team champions next week. Not at full gear that we all thought. I thought I thought the tournaments were going to end at, at full gear and I thought we we're going to get our tag team champions in the pay-per-view, but no. Man, it's going to be hard to top next week with that uh, with a crowning of the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions. I mean, hey, anything can happen. It's AEW, right? But hell of a matchup. Lucha Brothers get the victory here, and uh, we roll on into the second matchup before getting a hype package from Wardlow. And then, of course, we found out that, of course, Christopher Daniel is still recovering and recuperating at home after suffering that pinched nerve and a beating he took, and he'll be back in six to eight weeks. But doesn't mean that we don't get some fun from the SCU and the Dark Order. Now, of course, if those of you who know the Dark Order know their history, they used to be known as the Super Smash Brothers, uh, as Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. We were supposed to be Player Uno and Player Dose. Either way, I was actually looking forward to Dark Order because I couldn't really remember them from the match that they had at the last couple of the AEW pay-per-views. And of course, I'm going to be a big, I'm a huge SCU fan because I'm a huge Christopher Daniels mark. But even with Daniels departing from the very triumphant trio, SCU was still able to secure the victory on this matchup. And the thing was, I actually liked this match a hell of a lot more than I liked the Lucha Brothers versus Party. And again, not that it was horrible, but just... I preferred it a lot better. I think it was more high-octane action. And uh, shout-out to uh, JP and the Cold Bone Show also joining us in the chat. What's going on, JP? And yes, I'll be getting to that in just a minute. I'll, I'll be I'll be getting to uh, the whole idea of the Jericho buying a ticket. Trust me, I'll be getting to that in just a second. But with this matchup, again, I preferred, much preferred, the... Dark Order versus SCU tag team match. It was more energizing, more uh, crazy. I wish they played up more that the Dark Order got the bye in the tournament, though. And I guess, realistically, it didn't really matter that SCU got... I mean, let, let me rephrase. It didn't matter that Dark Order got the bye. And I thought they would put more into that. Like, they didn't have to win. They only won one match in order to get the bye here in the tournament. Whereas SCU had to win that one and then they have their partner down. It just seemed like it was a little bit of overkill. I, I thought they would have leaned more on the idea that Dark Order got the bye in the tournament. But listen, beggars can't be choosers because it's hard to focus when you got the inner circle hanging out in the box above you. And yes, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But SCU, of course, I got the SCU ladder on Stu Grayson. Uh, pinfall here with... Um, 
Frank Kazarian. Great matchup. Much better to me than the uh, much preferred versus Private Party versus Lucha Brothers. But now we got our finals. It's SCU versus Lucha Brothers next week for the, the first ever AEW tag team titles. Considering we saw the brawl in the first week of AEW and, and, and Daniels was kind of taken out by... I mean... It all makes sense now, and it, and it does. And I'm really curious. I think my money is on Lucha Bros to win the whole thing. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Let me know your thoughts about who you think is going to win the first ever tag team titles next week on AEW. Very curious to hear your thoughts. But of course, we need to talk about a little bit what's going on with the whole... Well, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Cody Jericho thing in a minute. But as this matchup between SCU... And the Dark Order is going on. We see Jericho buying a ticket to the private skybox with, of course, his inner circle. Not everybody in the inner circle, but but Santana Ortiz and, of course, everyone's favorite sexy stud, Mr. Sammy Guevara. And I know that JP is saying in the chat, hey, why did they have to buy a ticket to the show? Why, why, did, they, why did they buy a ticket to the show? Well... <laughs> Because they need an excuse for Jericho to interrupt Cody and 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 all that fun stuff. I mean, re realistically, Jericho didn't need to buy a ticket. He wanted to buy a ticket because he probably wanted to interfere and interrupt Cody Rhodes. Because, again, why couldn't... I, I even tweeted, I said, of course Jericho's going to have a mic. Of course he is. Truth be told, I would have actually preferred if Jericho did not have a mic and just blast the air horn the whole time or did things to annoy people. I mean, you know, I, I, kayfabe aside, Jericho really didn't need to buy a ticket. He could have just said, oh, this is my private box. I bought it over here with my money because I'm the le champion. The ticket thing is kind of a minor thing in, in, in and of itself. And it just, the setup was a little bit odd, obviously. Maybe because if Jericho just walked out and, and started talking trash, then Dustin and Diamond Dallas Page and MGF or whoever could have you know could have blasted them from behind and it wouldn't have been as epic as a brawl. And listen, I'll say this: this, this is probably one of the most fun things I saw AEW do as far as like backstage segments. You know what? Screw. It. We might as well talk about it now. So Cody comes out not too long after the Kenny Omega Joey Janela match, which is another very rock and solid matchup, and then. As Cody's trying to make a big announcement, which to this day we still don't know what the hell that announcement was, or is, but we get Jericho blasting the air horn. And again, I, I would have laughed more if like he got like a more annoying, annoying air horn or got one that did like La Cucaracha or something. Like, can you imagine like just him being an annoying, like, or even not having a microphone and just yelling? Like, of course, it would be probably hard from being so far up there with the crowd, but just something different, you know? But anyway. So he blasts the microphone. He's just taunting Cody. Uh, I, I still want to know what the hell he wanted to say. Of course, Jericho says uh, Cody's a smart man. He's not going to do anything stupid. And of course, Cody well, he goes, listen, this isn't an invisible wall, Jericho. Like, pointing to the ropes. Like, I can very easily come up there and kick your ass. So Jericho's like, what are you going to do? You're a coward, little titled millennial bitch. And of course, that just gives him the chance to go right up to the to the crowd line. And Jericho's like, what are you going to do? There's four of us and one of you. Which he makes an excellent point. But it doesn't take long for Dustin Rhodes, the best part about AEW, MJF. And finally, the surprising one of them all, Diamond Dallas Page. No, not Hangman Page. Diamond Dallas Page. The OG, DDP Yoga Master himself, also arrived for backup. 
We have ourselves a good old-fashioned brawl, or at least we were going to until Jericho hid behind a locked door. A locked closet, actually. At least it was. So you could say that Cody dragged Jericho out of the closet. Feel free to use that as you wish. I also love the fact that Jericho mocked MJF for having a scarf. You can't tell me that you weren't smiling a little bit like, who wears a scarf? Stupid. You can't tell me you weren't giggling a little bit about it. But in any case, one thing I did like is Cody gets up to the door. Jericho's taunting him from behind the glass door. And wisely, I have to give him credit where credit's due, MJF pulls out the... the the, the, the scarf and wraps Cody's hand around it so that way he can use his fist to break the glass, open the door, and everyone starts brawling. We see them uh, brawl through all sort of the concourse, fighting, of course, in the Dippin' Dots kiosk. Listen, it's not much that pisses me off in this world, all right? Especially in wrestling. But I'll be damned. You disrespect the Dippin' Dots. Don't you dare disrespect the Dippin' Dots. If I see that crap, mm, I better not see that again. Better not see that again. No disrespecting. Finally, security gets separates the group and, and we they take a commercial break. I will admit the setup was very odd, but I I don't care. It was a fun segment. I did I did as much as it didn't make sense for Jericho to have to buy a ticket. I did like the fact that <laughs> I did love the fact that. Cody basically said, hey, listen, like there's you you do know there's like nothing stopping me from going up there. I'm not an employee. I like I'm I'm an executive. I can basically do whatever the hell I want and just walk right up there. And he did. He punched a window or excuse me, punched a door and did exactly what he said he was going to do. Logic. Got to love it. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. But before this all happened, we had a very solid matchup between Joey Janela and and Kenny Omega going one-on-one. -on -one. I still say, obviously, their match in AEW Dark was a little more chaotic and crazy, but I did love the fact uh, that Janela looked like a million dollars in this one, in my opinion. Kenny Omega, of course, getting the victory here after a, a beautifully executed one-wing and angel. Very solid match. I know I use that phrase a lot, but very solid match. Very solid. Love it. I thought Janela might have gotten a victory here, but at the same time, Kenny needs some sort of victory going into the pay-per-view. I mean, come on. Come on now. Speaking of tag team match, best friends taking on Young Bucks. Of course, Orange Cassie's in the ring and mocks the super kicks of the Bucks. And of course, does a, well, I guess his own version of a super kick party. But then they see the real thing and he gets super kicked out of the whole, out of the entire ring. As would be expected. This was another fun matchup with just the Young Bucks getting over and having a lot of fun with best friends, making them look good at the same time. I thought that, you know, best friends weren't really much of a heel group. I mean, Cassidy kind of played more of like the supporting damsel in distress, or I should say, you know, the outside just person like just mocking or like distracting the Bucks a couple of times, but not really any like heel tactics from the best friends, which I wouldn't really expect any to either. So great little tag team exhibition match with the Bucks getting over. And of course, Matt calls out Ortiz and Santana and accepts their challenge for the full gear pay-per-view, which that... Makes me very happy for the pay-per-view. So now we got at least three matches announced for the pay-per-view. We got Moxley and Kenny Omega, the match that was supposed to happen. We got Jericho and Cody for the AEW title. And now we've got the Bucks versus Ortiz and Santana, which I know we probably all saw coming, but screw it. You can't tell me that that's not going to be possibly the best tag team match in the entire card. With Ortiz and Santana's rep and, and what they've been bringing to the table since they've, you know, before they jumped ship and the Young Bucks matches they've been putting on lately. Ooh. 
it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Jamie Hayter takes on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Not really too surprised that Britt Baker gets the victory on this one with not only the video package hyping her up, but the fact that they're in Pittsburgh and she's from Pittsburgh, or as she likes to call it, Britsburgh. I'm a fan of play on words. I'm a sucker for him, so sue me. Of course, we see uh, we see, <laughs> we see Jamie Hader actually going to it for, uh, for an interview backstage, but then of course Brandy Rhodes of all people lays her out. That confused the hell out of me. I, I was wondering when Brandy was going to be more um, involved with the product. I, I, I guess, but didn't think it was going to be like that. Did not think it was going to be like that. But in any case. Main event time, John Moxley versus Pac. Pac actually blasts Moxley in the back of the head with a chair and chokes him with his own jacket, whips him to the barricade, and then, of course, gets him in the ring, and we actually start the actual fight, or the actual match. Now, I will say that Moxley versus Pac had some really fun moments and some really interesting segments. Or, like, spots were just, there was, I mean, there was a falcon arrow at one point, an avalanche falcon arrow, but Moxley kicked out. We see a, you know, a 450 splash to the floor, which just looked incredible. Um, we see another black arrow, but Moxley moves out of the way in time. It capitalizes. We get only one minute remaining. Uh, John Moxley crawls into a pin. No, snaps off a paradigm shift, but he's too slow to get the cover. 10 seconds. Pack kicks out with two seconds left on the clock. And for the first time, honestly, that I can remember as a wrestling fan, and I'm talking like recent memory, for the first time in, man, I, I think, whew, I'm dating myself here, but I think the last time I remember, the, the last time I can remember seeing a time limit draw was 2004. Royal Rumble, Triple H and Shawn Michaels for the world title in a last man standing match. Neither men could answer the 10 count, so it technically was. It wasn't even a time limit draw. It was just a draw. I cannot honestly remember the last time I saw a time limit draw. Moxie gets mad, paces around the ring, argues with the ref. Paradigm shift on him, too. He mutters the phrase, time limit my ass, which I thought was funny. And that wraps up the show. So one thing I will say is that I thought that the ending of the match was very clever. It makes Pac still look strong. It still makes Moxley look strong. Both men remain untouched. The problem was is that it really, it was kind of just a shrug of the shoulders ending. I said in a tweet earlier on when Omega was having his match with Joey Janela, I said, well, I don't think Moxley or Pac are going to interfere in this matchup, but I'll be, I'll be, I would call it right here now that Omega's going to do something during the Moxley versus Pac match because he has a history with obviously both men. And to my surprise, and I don't know if it was because they ran out of time, we didn't get anything. No promo afterwards, no mention of Omega, at least not from Moxley or Pac's perspective, no Titantron moment, nothing. And I was genuinely surprised by that. I thought we would for sure get some sort of, just something, anything. Give me something. Because Moxley and Omega's the second biggest match they have on the card. No, you know, dispense the Young Bucks or, or Ortiz and Santana, but it's like the pay-per-view was built around basically those two matches and like main event, you have a huge opportunity to do so, you know? Maybe it's because of the ending. I, I don't know, but just... It the ending of the match I thought was good. I thought it was clever. And again, I can't, I can't for the life of me remember I saw a time limit draw. 
But then just that's what you end on. Like nothing, like there's no say. Maybe it was because they ended on the time frame. I don't know. But that's really to me was the only major weakness of of that match. Now, that being said, it's a tough call on which show I think it's really a tough call to, to, for me to say which I which show I thought won for the week. And just taking a quick peek over back on the Twitter side of things, Dynamite's now leading the charge. 106 votes with 55% saying AEW Dynamite and, and 45% saying NXT. So, it's tough. I think for me, I think AEW Dynamite was a better overall show. I think they have a better balance of things. I think they have a better pacing of the shows. And I think that from bell to bell, match quality is a bit better. I will say this though, overall matches between the two shows, I think NXT had I think NXT had the match of the night between that triple threat between Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, Dijakovic, I hope I'm saying that right, and Roderick Strong. I think the matchup was, if you're going to watch any match between both shows, that's the one to watch. Not to say AEW didn't have any, didn't have anything solid for them either. Again, great tag team matches at the beginning. Loved Dark Order versus SCU. Thought that was one of us, one of the stronger ones. Omega and Janela was good, but I think their pacing and the way that the show was produced that was overall better to me than NXT. Man, NXT blew the ending of the show out of the water. Not only with the confrontation of the baby faces with Undisputed Era, no one, no one saw a heel turn for Balor coming. No one. That's really, I think, the big edge that NXT had this week. Now, does that make me think I think the show won for the week? I don't think so. I think still think, you know, again, overall, AEW had a, you know, all-encompassing, had a better show. But I think NXT pulled off some better highlights. So I'm going to go with AEW winning again for the week this week. But maybe you guys feel differently. I'd love to hear your thoughts about all this in the chat if you guys are joining us. Hit me up on the social media and Twitter at OKFabe. Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Check out our store over at the Represent Store and the Patreon coming soon with some more bonus goodies coming at you. So make sure you check that out because I'm definitely going to be dropping some NWA Power reviews coming at you very, very soon. But uh, let me just see here real quick as we wrap up here. I do want to give some love to the chat real fast as I just froze for a second. Oh, no. Uh oh, there we go. <laughs> I froze for a second. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see, what we got here. We got uh, ah, we got Mr. Bobbit Network himself. What's going on, Bobbit? Let's see here. Uh, bear with me one moment as I'm just taking a look at the screen. SU going to win because Lucha can't cut it on the mic, and the current women's champion can. Hmm. Uh, can't cut it on the mic. Ooh, you know what's funny? I thought that they were going to give Rio a manager of some kind, but well, Lucha Brothers can get away with it. I think I, I wouldn't mind seeing. That's a tough call, man. It's a tough call. Brandy Rhodes turned into Michael Myers. Yeah, no kidding. DDP for life, yo. 
yeah, DDTP did look amazing. I mean, listen, I I see DDP every day when I do my workout, but no, he, he did look great. Looked like he's getting skinnier, which I didn't even think was a thing. Uh, good God Almighty, not the dipping dots. Yep, not the dipping dots. You don't mess with the man's dipping dots. Can't see the t the the treks. Yep, or the T Rex. Yeah, Britt Baker is terrible. <laughs> oh my God, Clock was the MVP. Says Gorilla Strong. I was hoping it was a draw. I figured. I mean, we were getting close to the end of the show. I'm like, it's got to, like, they got to wrap it up, right? They have to be. It's crazy how Britt Baker was able to become a wrestler and a dentist while starting, while starring in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Man, yes, everything is green screen behind me. Everything was green screen. For me, the highlight of the night, definitely vintage, was uh, without a doubt the Finn Balor heel turn. I don't think, I don't think anything AEW did had as shocking of, as, of an impact that that did. So really, the, the me was, was Finn Balor turning heel and blasting Johnny Gargano. Again, I don't think he would join the Undisputed Era. I think he just is turning heel only on Gargano, or at least for now. We could see. But anyway, that's just my opinion, guys. I want to hear what you guys have to say about all this. So again, let me know your thoughts. Chat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Subscribe if you're new. And make sure you check out the Patreon coming soon with some more bonus content coming at you. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We will be back live after SmackDown Live on Friday with some... Uh, well, interesting discussions, I'm sure. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on all those podcasting platforms, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, so many others. Appreciate the rating if you guys could give us the time as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys Friday for SmackDown Live. Take care, and as always, take it easy. Thanks for listening. Make sure to watch the OK Fame Show. Follow him on Twitter at OK Fame and like over on Facebook.com slash OK Faber. This is the OK Fame Show.